All right, so you can keep uh, responding to the poll. In fact, if there's somebody around you that ha doesn't have a phone, you can let them respond on your phone. You know, this is Chicago. You can vote as many times as you want, all right? <laughs> so whatever you want to do there, and, and this will be open throughout the message, and so just continue to respond. As you can see, we've got people in every category here. And, and so the question that we really want to struggle with today is, how does one move from hiding in the boat to walking on water? And, and what do we do when we sink like a rock? Because we all do, at times, feel like, well, we get that sinking feeling. You know, we've been talking as a part of this series called Follow. We've been talking about what it looks like in our church to disciple people. You know, it starts with an invitation. We say, come and see. Come and see who Jesus is. Answer the question that Jesus asked, discover who he is. He asked the question. The most important question that a human being can be asked is, who do you say I am? So we invite people to come and see, they discover, and then they commit to look, live, and love more like Jesus. That's what it means to be a part of our church. And we say that happens where? In a small group, because you can't grow spiritually unless you're connected relationally. And the goal is that in that environment of, of believers working together as the body of Christ, you learn how to disciple others. You learn how to help others take those same steps. Now, with all that discussion about the path and that imagery, I want to step away from that a little bit today. Because in order to take those steps, see, God has to do something in us. He's not just doing stuff for us. He has to do something in us. And so how does God help us trust him? As we begin, let's pray. Father, thank you for a moment in time where we can encounter your word and learn from the stories of, of the disciples, the first disciples, that we could know more fully how to trust you. And Lord, that, that means that we're tuned into your voice. We'll have to, have to hear your command Lord, and that we'll have to take a risk. And, and Lord, I pray today that you would speak specifically and individually to every person in this room. For Lord, I know you know where they need to hear your voice and your command, where they need to take a step in faith and trust you. Father, do that work in us today through the power of your spirit and the power of your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So how many of you guys have ever uh, taught a child how to ride a bike? Anybody? Yeah. So you get like parent flashback to those moments, you know, and I remembered as I was thinking about this, teaching my daughters, both my daughters, how to ride a bike. And first the ceremony of taking off the training wheels, right? And your kids are looking and they're going, what? I'm going to ride without training wheels. Yeah, you're ready. And sometimes there's a little fear there, isn't there? Especially as they climb on that bike for the first time. And, you, and, you, and you, what do you do? You, I grabbed the back of the seat, the bicycle seat, and I held it. And, and, we, and I kind of trotted along, you know, and, and to let them learn how to pedal and brake and steer and then balance. But I was always close by in case they went to the right or the left. I would never let them fall and crash and skin a knee. I'm, I, I was just right there. But as we did that more and more and more, what did I do? I took my hand off the seat. And just there, I was so close to them, I would never let them crash. You know, the, the whole idea is that I wanted them to learn how to do something that would take them places that they maybe have never gone in a way that they've never traveled. 
They'd experience something new. And I still remember the, the faces, you know, on their faces as they would come down the sidewalk for the first time at me. It's like, look at me, Dad. Look what I'm doing. I'm riding a bike. Great joy to go someplace and do something that you've never done. But in order for that to happen, they had to trust their dad. Right? They had to trust their dad. It's the same with our spiritual life. We have to trust our dad. And how does he work that trust in us? We want to look at a story today. It's a story of Peter walking on water to see if we can learn how God teaches us to trust him. It begins in Matthew chapter 14. And this is the way it begins. It says, immediately he, that's Jesus, made, didn't ask, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, uh, to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He didn't ask him. He said, you go. You don't have a choice. I'm sending you. I'm commanding you to go ahead of me. You know, and, uh, and so he stays and he dismisses the crowds. It's like, what's Jesus up to in this moment? Have you ever heard the phrase, the safest place to be is in the will of God? Anybody ever heard that kind of language? You know, it's really safe. If you're, as long as you're doing the will of God, you're safe. But here, Jesus is sending his disciples into the wind and the waves. And that's what they're going to experience. And he has a reason for doing that. Here's what we find out happens next. Is he's dismissed the crowds. You see, the crowds wanted to make him king. They wanted to conspire to force him to be a king. And why not? He had just finished feeding the 5,000. Right? He took five barley loaves and two fishes and fed this massive crowd, 5,000 hungry men and their families. He had done that. He had provided for them. And they said, hey, that's the kind of king we want, right? See, he actually delivered on his promises, unlike, you know, when we elect a president. No, I'm sorry. You know what I'm talking about. The politics of our world. We, of course we'd want somebody that took care of us. And Jesus had to dismiss those people and say, hey, that's, that's not what it's all about. It's to meet every need that you have. That's not what the kingdom's all about. And now he's, he's going up to pray on a mountaintop. And, and what happens? The disciples are about three and a half miles out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and the waves and the wind are coming against, or it's coming, they're coming against them. And it's a struggle, and it's a challenge. And Jesus is not there. The disciples are alone, facing the wind and the waves. What is Jesus doing? Why would he send his disciples into that situation? What purpose could he have possibly had to make them go through that? Well, here's the first thing we need to learn from this story is that God uses storms to teach us to trust him. And sometimes the storms are of our own making. I mean, we mess up, we screw up, we do something stupid, and it's stormy because of that. And sometimes it's because Satan attacks us. Right, Because he is evil and wants to destroy us. But God will take that storm no matter what reason for the, the reason is for that storm. He'll take it and he'll use it to help us to trust him, to teach us to trust him in the storm. And that's what's going on in this passage. Jesus 
wants them because they are following him into ministry. They're following him to start the church. They're following him to ultimately, most of them, give up their lives to sacrifice everything to be disciples of Jesus. If you're going to take those steps, you've got you to trust your dad. You've got to trust Jesus. Well, the, the passage continues and it talks about it's the fourth hour of the night. That means it's like four o'clock in the morning. They've been out straining against the wind. Wait a minute, I just had a rock and roll flashback right there. Anybody else? If you're older, you probably did. You know, you probably thought Bob Seeger at that moment, right? Against the wind, they're straining against the oars, and there they are. And Jesus starts walking out on the sea to them, and the disciples see him walking on the sea. They were terrified and says, it's a ghost. Oh, man, a ghost. They didn't even recognize Jesus in that moment. And what was happening? It's a ghost, they cried out in fear. And the winds and the waves were against them. And if they saw a ghost and they're thinking, it was over. It was history. That's it. Their life is finished. That's a relative coming to get them. Take them. They're gone. They're dead. They're afraid. What is Jesus doing now? Walking towards them. And they can't recognize him. Now, I studied this passage. I looked at every uh, occurrence of this story. I looked at... I looked at uh, this passage in Matthew and then Mark and John. I wanted to learn everything I could about this story. And as I was looking at Mark, I saw this, and it absolutely stopped me in my tracks. It's about the fourth watch of the night. This is the same story from Mark. He came to them walking on the sea, and he meant to pass them by. What? They're facing a storm, and Jesus is going to walk on by. I thought, that's a mistranslation. That cannot be true. My Savior would never walk right by me. It would just not happen. I read it in every translation I could find. That's what it says. What is Jesus doing here? Well, here's what he's doing. The more I studied it, the more I realized this is true. You see, Jesus wants to help in our storms, but he's waiting for us to cry out. And we don't have to cry out in faith. You can cry out in fear. As you saw the disciples, that's what was in their heart. You just cry out. And could it be today if you're in a storm, God is just waiting for you to cry out? I mean, If something's going bad, I mean, if you've got a marriage that's on the rocks or a teenager that's driving you crazy or job problems or financial problems, is he waiting for you to cry out right now? I don't know how this works, folks. I thought God knew everything I needed. I thought he understood every need I have. Why would I have to cry out to him? I don't know. But that's the example that we get in the scripture. Cry out to to the Lord. That's what the psalmist says. Call upon me on the day of trouble, he says, and I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Cry out. First lesson that we have to learn about trusting Jesus is that it's important for us to cry out. Story continues, and I love this word, but immediately, right? But immediately, Jesus spoke to them. 
You cry out, and immediately he's going to speak to you. Maybe you're sitting there and you go, wow, God doesn't speak to me that way. Yes, he does. You've got his entire word in front of you, and he will immediately speak to you anytime you open it. I can guarantee it. He'll address your concerns, your needs. He'll speak to you. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll give you encouragement. But you got to cry out. And, and so immediately Jesus spoke to them and he says, he says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now, here's Jesus appearing as a ghost. They don't know who he is. And, he, and he's trying to reveal himself. He's, he's saying something to reveal himself so that they know God is with them. The phrase, it is I, is important. It's actually the, the ego ami, the great I am statement. Maybe you remember when, when Moses was talking to God, he said, well, who are you? And he says, I am who I am. And Jesus uses the same language. And so now the disciples and, and Peter and everybody in that boat knows that the person talking to them is the I am, the great God I am, standing on everything that they're afraid of with full authority to overcome it. Now, see, when, here's the thing. When, when we cry out and God, and we say, do this, do this for me. You know, like, I need a job, Lord, I need it by 3 p.m. on Monday. Thank you, Jesus, amen. And we expect that to happen. When we cry out like that and he answers it, because he sometimes does, and we should always ask. We, we, oh, I, I recognize the great I am, right? I can give a witness and testimony. Jesus answered my prayer. All good. And he can do that. But do we recognize him when he comes in difficulty, in pain, and hurt, and sorrow, and uncertainty? Because he may very well be working a purpose in our lives in that moment. We have to, we have to struggle with this. Do we recognize God in that moment? Because he says, I am, even in that moment. That he has authority over everything that we're afraid of. But do we understand that authority? Here's the next thing we have to, to learn. God often leads us through difficulty, not around it. It's a tough lesson for us to learn. But how are we going to learn to trust Jesus in the middle of a storm unless we go through a storm with Jesus? That's what he's doing to his disciples. He's saying, look, look, let me show you that I'm there. Let me show you, show you that I have authority over all things. What's interesting is that he doesn't calm the storm yet. You know, for me, here's, here's who I want for Je I want Jesus to be. I want him to, I want him to, to make me a, like a, a bridge over troubled waters. Again? Oh, no. Now my brain is like switched into rock and roll mode. I'm sorry. It's like he wants to be there because he's, he, he's going he's gonna to be with you as you're riding the storm out. Uh, that's enough, isn't it? I mean, seriously. Enough rock and roll theology for one day, but it's true. Look at this passage from Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be, what? With you. I will be with you. Through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, I will, you will not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, 
your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He walks us through those storms sometimes because that's the only way we can learn to trust him. Now, you know Peter, he's, a, he's always the outspoken one. He's always the guy that speaks first, right? And Peter's in the boat, and he says, okay, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Peter's still not convinced. He still doesn't know if this ghostly figure is Jesus. And, and he says, command me to come. Command me to come to you. Now, if I was Peter, I'd say, hey, would you command the wind and waves to be over, to finish, stop? I've seen you do it before. If you're really God, make it all go away. That's what we do. We say, God, make it all go away. He says, no, Peter takes a different approach. He says, I want a word. You tell me what to do, and I will do it. And, and I, it's something so miraculous that it will prove to Peter who Jesus is. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so that's exactly what happens. Jesus says, come. So Peter gets out of the boat. He walks on water, and he comes to Jesus. Now, I want you to get the, the imagery there. How do you get close to, closer to Jesus? you got to get out of the boat. you got to take a risk. And, and you see, a lot of people say, make, make this all about, G, about uh, Peter's faith, and it's not at all. Peter, people don't walk on water. In fact, I think rocks, Peter, sink when they hit the water, don't they? Think about that. Why Peter was that named a rock? Well, maybe just for this person, because when a rock hits the water, it falls. Peter stepped out in faith, but it wasn't his faith that held him up. It was the promise of the command of God to come. The word of God said, come, and he, he walked on that promise, on that command. And every step he took closer to Jesus, I just wonder, like, at what point did he ever realize that it really was Jesus? I think as soon as he probably, you know, a lot of us are putting the toe in the water. That's not enough, folks. Sorry, it's not enough. Because you're not putting your full weight of trust on the command of God. You, you've got to go further. And I just wonder at what point did Peter actually say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. If we're going to learn to trust, if, if, we, if we're going to test what our trust, if, if we're going to experience that relationship with, of trust with Jesus. Say, will you trust God? Will you actually do that? If you're going to find out, you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to step out all the way. All the way on the command of Jesus. If you're going to find out, you've got to step out. And a lot of us want to play it safe. We'll stick our toe in the water, but we won't put the whole foot in. We won't jump in. We won't go all in for Jesus. And guess what? We have a hard time trusting Jesus. Why? Because we've never taken the step. If you're going to find out, you've got to step out of the boat. Now, here's what happens. This is, this is kind of interesting because he gets out of the boat. He's walking on water. He's got great faith. And he's walking on the commands of Christ, the command of Christ. He's got his feet planted on God's word and his eyes fixed on Jesus, and he's doing great. But then he saw the wind and the waves, and that's what we do. We see the wind and, wa wind and waves, and we, it overcomes the word in our lives. That we see them as bigger and more powerful. The circumstances of our life, the storms of our life, we see them more that they're going to overwhelm us. 
happens to me, I'll bet it happens to you. The word gets overwhelmed by the wind and waves, the storms of our lives. And Peter begins to sink. Now, there's a time for long prayers. And there's a time for short prayers. This is a place where short prayers suffice. Save me, Peter says, and Jesus does just that. I want you to look for the word. How long did Jesus wait to save him? He immediately reached down and grabbed his hand and lifted him up. When you're walking in the will of God, when you're walking on God's command, he will be there for you. No matter what you're attempting to do, no matter what aspect of obedience you're trying to practice, he'll be there and he will lift you up. You know, a lot of times Peter's faith is kind of criticized here because Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? It wasn't the fact that, G that uh, Peter didn't have enough faith. All he needed was what? The faith the size of what? A mustard seed, right. He had plenty of faith. It was the duration of his faith. Not the quantity, but the duration. You get the distinction. And by the way, it seems like I remember there are like 11 guys back in that boat who never even moved. Who has the most faith? Who should be criticized for lack of faith? You see, Peter took the step. And, and a lot of people would say, well, you know, like Jesus, you know, like he was like being condescending to Peter here, you know, like, you know, holding him underwater, saying, well, Peter, I'm going to teach you a little lesson here about faith, you know, I'll put you under 30 seconds, I'll, then I'll let you up, and, you know, yelling back at the boat, saying, well, you know, don't ever try anything crazy like that Peter guy, because you see what happens to him. That's not what Jesus was doing here. He was, he was loving him, even in his failure. He was demonstrating to Peter, that his grace is deeper than that ocean. He's, he's willing to lift him up above those waves because he loves him, because he was responding to a command. Here's, here's what we need to know. Peter sank, but Jesus accomplished exactly what he had planned. And what, what Jesus wanted to do was to build Peter's trust and the disciples' trust because not only did Peter experience the thrill of walking on water, in fact, I think there's only two people in history that have ever been written up for walking on water. It's Peter, oh yeah, and Jesus. Right? And so he got to experience that thrill walking on a command from God. Do you know what else he experienced? He knows that if he fails, when he fails, when he focuses on the wave and the wind, that Jesus is there to immediately lift him up because he's walking on that command, that promise from God. So I think Peter would want us to know this. He'd want us to know, first of all, that it's not about our faith. It's about Jesus' faithfulness. Our faith is strong enough. You've got a faith the strong, the size of a mustard seed, it's strong enough. That's the first thing Peter would want us to know. He'd want us to know that you can cry out to him even in fear, even when you're afraid. That's a good enough cry. Jesus is there. You're walking on a command from God. He's there. Cry out in fear. Say, I don't know what's going on, Lord. I'm, I'm following you, but this looks scary to me. You know, the psalmist says when our feet slip, it's his steadfast love that supports us. That's what Peter experienced. In that moment, he knew more than anything. He knew that Jesus loved him as he lifted him above the waves. 
And you know, for us, it's just a really good reminder that we, we have to be careful about how much we focus on our circumstances. Because we get all caught up about, woe is me, this is happening, this is happening, whatever's going on, whatever's going wrong. And, and Peter's saying, look, I just advise you, keep your eyes on Jesus and your feet on the word. Keep going. I have experience in sinking. I'm a rock. Or I should say, I'm like a rock. Oh no, it happened again. Some of you know that song. Look, God's purpose in the Christian life is to teach us to trust him, whether we're walking on the water or whether we're sinking like a rock. Both are possible. We don't have to fear either one. But you're not going to find out unless you step out. And a lot of people are playing safe, playing very safe with their lives right now. And they're not taking that step. They're not going there. Look what happens when you do. Jesus did calm the water. He walked back to the boat, and guess what? They worshiped. They worshiped him because they realized who he was fully. The great I am was now in the boat. So, for you, when things go bad, certainly ask God to fix it. I want to encourage all of us to ask for a word, a command, to obey. I mean, where is Jesus? You probably already know this. You feel it in your heart. If you're reading the word, if you're coming here every weekend, if you're in a small group, you know God is calling you to something. It's to maybe to forgive a person who's hurt you. Or maybe it's to forgive yourself because you have a sin problem, you're struggling against it, and you just can't seem to overcome it. And now is the time to take the step to trust him to get out of the boat. Or, or, or maybe it's because at work you're being asked to be a witness. Or maybe it's with your sexuality, you know, like working within God's plan inside of marriage. Or, or maybe it's because, maybe it's like he's calling you to, to be more generous, to be a more giving person, to be more part of the mission of, of Jesus on this planet. Maybe it's to get in a small group, which we talk about all the time. You know what God is calling you to do. You probably have felt it already, but you're still in the boat. It's time. Now it's time to take a step on the command of Christ and step out of the boat and walk towards Jesus. If you want to know him better, that's the only way to trust him is to walk. I want to be a church, no matter where people are, I want to be a church that encourages people to take a step in faith. For some of you, the first step or the next step is the first step, and I get that. Some of you are just saying, look, I haven't really started walking yet. I haven't started following Jesus yet. I haven't put even a toe in the water. I'm still in the boat. Let me, let me tell you something. There's only one line in life that you can control, and it's not the finish line. It's the starting line. Today's the day you start. Today's the day you say, I'm going to start the journey. Whatever that is, wherever he's calling you to follow, now is the time to do that. And, you know, every great finish starts small. So don't, I don't care how small it is. Follow Jesus. If you look at that poll as it finished up, you'll see we have people in every category. I want to be that church. I want you to join me in prayer that we'd be that church that no matter where people are, we're able somehow to encourage people to get out of the boat to take a risk, to, to put their 
feet firmly on the commands of God and walk towards Jesus. That's, would you pray with me in a minute for that, that we'd be that kind of church? And then I want you to pray also, God, make it clear to me my next step. I, I want everyone to be able to trust God. Sometimes he's got to take you through some storms to teach you that. Just know that the great I am is with you no matter what is going on in your life, and he's ready to teach you to trust him. Let's pray.